Sunspots Comics now. This issue of the Sunspots Comics podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo at cryptidzoo.com. Cryptid Zoo is basically a t-shirt line that's uniquely and strangely infused with augmented reality, and it's inspired by cryptozoology folklore figures like the Bigfoot. All the shirts are designed and hand-screen printed on 100% cotton, pre-shrunk t-shirts by the artist and owner of Cryptid Zoo, our friend Julian Meyer. You gotta see it. You hover your smartphone over the shirt and it does stuff on the screen. It's pretty crazy. It just comes to life. You gotta see it. So please check out cryptidzoo.com and also... Use the promotional code Sunspots Comics. That's right, and you'll get 30% off your purchase. Most of the Cryptid Zoo shirts are about 27 bucks, so it's a great deal, and that's with tax and shipping included before the discount. So don't forget, use Sunspots Comics as your promo code on cryptidzoo.com, and you'll get a big discount. And that is C R Y P T I D Zoo.com. Friendship is rare. Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 115, covering the new comic books that I read that came out on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, July 12th. And this particular podcast looks eye, always looks eye, but never sweeps the lake. I'm your host, Chris Latori, and thank you so much for joining us. I tell you, you're in for a nerdy good time right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we recommend to you an amazing list of fresh new smelling comic books that come out every single week never miss an issue of our sunspots comics podcast just by subscribing to it and following us on the internet at instagram twitter facebook xbox live all easily found at sunspots comics very simple and please check out our youtube page youtube.com slash tofilet where you can see a couple of things there so what are we all about what is uh, what is this thing this sunspots comics podcast what's our mission statement if you will well it's all about spreading the love of comic books in my own positively charged way. Really, that's what it's about. If you just want to hear a person, a very nerdy fella, talking about new comic books and how much they love them, then you're in the right place. Or maybe you're just a dabbler, a comic book dabbler, and you just want to start reading some comics, but you're really not sure where to start because there is a ton of things to read. Well, then that's what this podcast is here for. You're in the perfect nerdy hand. So welcome and thank you for being here and listening to the podcast. And, uh, or maybe you're just as old as dirt like me and you just want to save some time and some cash uh, and you want someone to tell you what the best stuff is, then that's what this here Sunspots Comics podcast is for. So thank you for joining us. And also, just a couple of quick little things. A thank you uh, shout-out, a couple of birthday shout-outs too. But thank you first to Nick Papa George for making our Sunspots Comics theme song. It's wonderful. Thank you. Please follow him at facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. He has all kinds of music. Go there and check his stuff out. Thank you to my son, Justin Jables, for working on our Sunspots Comics blog. You can go look at it at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And please follow him on Instagram at just sunspots. His latest blog or latest blogs that are coming out or about to come out are pretty good stuff. He sent me some rough drafts, so I'm excited to get them to you eventually. So please check out blog.sunspotscomics.com. And a couple of just happy birthdays, first and foremost, to my son... Justin Jables Latori, the very son of my very loins. I happy birthday. It's not till Monday, but I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday right here. Tell you that I love you and that I'm proud of you, and I'm excited to see the kind of man that I know you're becoming. The the really you've just you've especially the nerdy bits. I guess of course I'm especially proud, but just keep on doing what you're doing. I love that you're chasing your passion and you want to do what you love and love what you do. So onward, my son, onward. And happy birthday also to my friend Nicole. Just came from her birthday party, actually. She's my friend, family member. Her party was great, and she's just very chill, and she's and really the whole party was just filled with a positive energy. I gotta tell you, I think it's just because you're just a fantastic, fun human being. So it was just all of that, and I wanted to say hello and happy birthday. So much pizza and deviled eggs. But uh, thank you for inviting me. I know you listen to the podcast, so I wanted to give you a shout-out. So happy birthday, Nicole, and again, happy birthday to my son, Jables. So there you go, so... Thanks for the shout-outs. Next up, it's free comic book time. Yes, get ready. I don't know what that takes. Pen and paper, you know, or, or a note on your phone <laughs> that I'm actually giving away from Marvel Comics Fool Killer, issue number one. This weird, twisted first issue written by Max Bemis, art by Dalibor Tayaljik, 
I'm so sorry if I messed that up. But this story is ultimately about a rehabilitated enemy of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they're, because of his expertise in the area of psychiatry, they want to have him kind of on a tryout basis to be a super villain psychiatrist to see if he can actually improve their mental state and make them regular members of society. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to work out perfectly great, right? <laughs> well, anyway, it's a crazy weird series, Fool Killer. This is free to you just for a, as a little thank you for listening to the podcast. I love this series, so grab it. So the first one to grab this code and go to marvel.com slash redeem wins this comic book for free. All you got to do is just punch in the little code and it'll give it to you free and you can read it on the Marvel app. It's fantastic. The art, by the way, is great. Very solid, chiseled, strange and weird panel placement from Dalibor Jahaljik. I'm so sorry. But good luck. Here is the code. The first one to grab this and go to marvel.com slash redeem gets this free comic book. It is. Here we go. So listen carefully. F is in Frank. C is in Charlie. M is in Mary. Z is in Zipper. 5. I is in Indigo. 3. Y is in Yellow. 0. I is in Indigo, B is in Bravo, V is in Victor. So grab that code, go over to marvel.com slash redeem, and you'll get that free issue of Fool Killer number one for you. So good luck and thank you. There are still some on the feed available, so you can look at past podcasts and look at past feeds, and even go to us on Instagram at Sunspots Comics to see and grab those codes. There's still a few that haven't been claimed, but uh, please let us know if you do win one so that we can tell people so they stop entering the code, of course. And, and follow us on Instagram because every now and then I do give away a free code on at Sunspots Comics on my Instagram. So follow us there and you may get a free comic there as well. So enjoy and thank you for listening. So let's get into the my really the my favorite part of the Sunspots Comic Podcast, issue number 115, starting out with some stuff that's been floating around in my nerd brain. Yes, the largest nugget of nerd in my nerd lobes this week is some comic book and movie and TV news. First up, from an article from The Hollywood Reporter, which uh, I'll share all of these, uh, of course, on social media again. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, etc. at Sunspots Comics. But the first thing from The Hollywood Reporter is that the Action Lab Danger Zone comic book, Spencer and Locke, that I completely endorse, by the way. I've been loving it. Go look at the past podcast. It's been a top pick of the week. It is actually getting the movie treatment from the Hitman movie producer. So that's just super cool. This guy, Adrian Ascarea, I'm so sorry, plans to turn the comic book into an action franchise. So he's the producer of the Hitman action movies, which I've seen one or one of them, I think. I, I enjoyed it. He's optioned the movie rights to Spencer and Locke, and it's it's ultimately like Calvin and Hobbes uh, meets Quentin Tarantino type film. So it's it's great stuff. Created by writer David Pipos and artist Jorge Santiago Jr. And it's like he's a detective. It's a buddy comic. It's uh, it's definitely in that vein of Calvin and Hobbes, but it's really kind of dark, twisted, and oh my gosh, actiony. It's super super good. But they are looking to make this an action film franchise. So I'm super excited. That was very very cool that the Hollywood Reporter announced that. So Spencer and Locke going to more than likely be a movie very soon from the folks that did the movie Hitman. So, good stuff. Congratulations, Action Lab Danger Zone. I love Spencer and Locke. I fully endorse it. Issue number four of four, by the way, comes out July 19th. That's next week. So, go get one through three right away. It's a very personal tale uh, from Spencer and Locke about someone that he, you know, an ex-girlfriend that was murdered and he's on the scene because he is a policeman. But uh, he does not follow any of the normal policeman rules and things just go crazy and it's just actiony and messed up and really cool and it's just a it's an exploration of all different sort of genres and emotions in the realm of comics so i love that but set in this sort of buddy cop strange weird way with a grown man that walks around with a stuffed animal so a little twisted and a little different the second article actually comes from variety and it's that the umbrella academy series based on com based on the comic book is headed to Netflix. So Gerard Way, the of My Chemical Romance fame, and currently the head architect and creative force that's running the DC Young Animal imprint, this wonderful comic book called Umbrella Academy from Dark Horse is going to be made into a Netflix series. So super jazzed about that. I love My Chemical Romance. I love the stuff that Gerard Way does. I love Umbrella Academy. I, again, highly endorse to so go get Umbrella Academy. It's a weird 
series about this group of kids in this Umbrella Academy. Uh, there's the monocle, Space Boy, Kraken, the rumor, the seance, number five, the horror, the, the villain, the white violin. They're trying to solve their father's mysterious death. And while their whole team just kind of comes apart at the seams and all things just go nuts and all kinds of uh, powers and abilities and personalities are all mixed into there. But it's this great series illustrated by Gabriel Ba, published by Dark Horse Series of Comics. You should go and get it immediately. But it's Gerard Way, and he's a fantastic writer, also a great artist. He's done some art that I really enjoy in past stuff. But you've got to check this out. I can't wait. There isn't any official date yet released, but Umbrella Academy... Maybe sometime in 2018, so that would mean they're going to be filming soon, but that's a loose date. But Netflix is going to be doing it, and I can't wait. I'm super excited about this. So, Gerard Way doing it. Umbrella Academy, Netflix, coming to us, coming to our eyeballs very soon. I love it. And so that's the end, and I'll close that section of the comic book, movie, and TV news. On next, the next thing up in my nerd loads is from the Buffalo News. This is a kind of a... An interesting, sort of inspiring, a little bit sad article. He ultimately, there is, it's a story of this man who is, who passed on recently, but he's a super supporter of comic books and graphic novels and getting them into the libraries. And he was this super librarian that was really an important, integral part of comic books being a, considered a important piece of American literature. He has fought hard, I mean, since he's been in the, in the library community in the, in the mid, in early 80s, like 1983. He's actually published a novel. He's done a ton of like seminars and, and just outreach programs to communities to really to get libraries to embrace comic books, ultimately. He's loved them so much that he fought hard. His, his legacy that he left behind is that he was one of the players that helped comic books get into libraries. So that's definitely added diversity into the reading demographic of comics. So his name, by the way, is Michael R. Lavin. So I just wanted to tell you, uh, you know, again, condolences and love and positive thoughts to the family of Michael R. Lavin and his his children that he's left behind. But your legacy has not gone, gone unnoticed by me. I, and I want to say thank you to your diligence, to your your dedication to your understanding of comics and wanting to bring it into the mainstream and into libraries, which is another just sort of area for people to embrace them and love them and enjoy comic books. So thank you, Michael R. Marvin. You've left behind a beautiful legacy of your battle of, of just being this, this hardcore advocate for comic books to be in libraries. And they are what they are because of his dedication. So thank you, Michael R. Lavin. And again, I will share all of these articles on all the social media at Sunspots Comics. So the last thing that's up in my nerd brain is that I'm writing a comic book. I'm chasing my dreams here. My comic book is called Zombie Destroyers. I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and my good friend Jordan Hudson is doing his beautiful, intense, very beautiful line art on this. Check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. Thank you so much, Jordan, for doing it. Also check out our website, zombiedestroyers.com. I posted some sample pages there of Jordan's work. And there aren't any words on it, but just from time to time, check out zombiedestroyers.com. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. I've got three new pages in my possession, gorgeous pages from Jordan, page 21, and that huge page, two-page splash page that I've designed from on pages 22 and 23. I just gave him my final writing and the layouts for page 24, so I'm just very humbled and excited because since I was a kid, I've always wanted to make a comic book. It's been a dream of mine, so I'm actually doing it, and I'm hoping to release Zombie Destroyers issue number one, hopefully in October. It's going to be about 32 pages when it's done, so there's just a quick update, and please check out ZombieDestroyers.com. And just a quick mention of a segment that we are going to be uh, doing very soon that we have had interviews in the past called Spotlighting. Spotlighting is a segment where ultimately if you know someone or you yourself are a comic book creator and we want to do what we can here to shine some Sunspots Comics love and support to those struggling creators. So we interview you here, we have a nice little chit chat, talk about whatever floats into our nerd brains and ultimately get the good word out there that you are a comic book creator and this is what you're doing so that our listeners can find it. So if you're a, writing, a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, send a link of your work to me, a copy of your work to my email, Chris at sunspotscomics.com or of course just message me through all the social media at sunspotscomics so i'm an independent comic book creator myself and i definitely want to do my part to help so 
listen in on the segment called Spotlighting that will be coming to you very soon. We've got some folks lined up. Thank you for being there. We're just trying to work out the schedules and whatnot. So now on to my favorite part of the podcast, which is the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is our comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, July 12th. And of course, semi-spoiler-ish alert? Really, you don't have to worry. I don't touch the last few pages at all. I really just work super hard to harness my powers of persuasion and just inspire you to get up off your butt and go buy these comic books immediately. So really, I don't try to spoil them at all. I'll just cover a few of the talking points and tell you why I love them and quickly move on. So um, I especially, like I said, leave the last four or five pages alone. But just in case, you've been warned. Semi-spoilerish alert. And if you also want to see everything that I'm reading just sort of cataloged and listed out, all of my favorite picks of the past since all the way of 2015, all the way back. Can't believe we've been doing it two plus years of the podcast. Just go to sunspotscomics.com. That's our website. I've actually just chiseled down. I used to have 148 titles that I collected on a regular basis, and I chiseled it down. I went through each and every one carefully. Some just ended, you know, miniseries and so on, down to 116 titles. So that's a big deal. That's the largest I've cut down. Probably maybe of the, I don't know, 31 or so that that have been kind of cut loose have also ended but there were some that just weren't making the cut that weren't uh, making that greatest of the great list very often so had to let them go I do have a sort of system that if they get three thumbs down reviews from me I let them go so it's just been updated I just kind of took the site and compacted it and simplified it so I'm super proud of it go check out sunspotscomics.com and every single week I pick an art winner and a cover artist winner. This week's artist winner is Danny Luckert. Danny Luckert did Regression issue number three. We'll be talking about that very soon. Please check out Danny Luckert's art at dannyluckert.com. That's D-A-N-N-Y-L-U-C-K-E-R-T.com. And of course, he's on Instagram and I think Twitter, uh, D underscore L-U-C-K-E-R-T. Danny Luckert is his name. And also there's an interview on podcast issue number 111 where he and I sat down, had a super fun and interesting chat for about an hour or so. So you can check it out on the feed at issue number 111. Danny Luckert and I have a great conversation. It's totally fun. I just re-listened to it and it flows very well and it's a great conversation and I asked and got into the brain of of a comic book creator and, and this wonderful artist. So thanks again, Danny, for doing that. But he's definitely easily the art winner of the week for his just deliciously gruesome, brutal, and beautiful art on Regression. It's an image title, and I mean, his cover is so insanely symmetrical and twisted and very much has this cult-like feeling to it, and it's got nuts and bolts, and it's like the inside of this strange satanic clock, and I just love it. It's, it's gorgeous. It's haunting. I do at times have to kind of look away from his art, but just looking at the very first panel, the very first page one of, of regression issue number three he, the way that he draws hands talking to jordan hudson who does my comic book zombie destroyers he told me how difficult it is to do hands and feet and danny's nailed it i mean you look at this hand that's holding this this our main character's head because he's hearing these crazy voices and he's just clutching his hands to his head you know saying for like the noises to stop and stay away from me and it's just beautiful even the sort of slight uh discoloration of his skin it just adds such realism to it but he has the eyes down he has the facial expressions down and all the emotions that he has to go through for regression when he does these uh these these flashbacks he also does some interesting panel framework where it's it's very much like sculptured uh the edging of each panel in a very symmetrical way which we talked about on that interview again on issue 111 but there is some strange, unique sort of uh, buttresses and and sort of curtains and sculptures that are drawn around the flashback panels. You have to see them. It's gorgeous. It's very almost Michelangelo kind of feeling and looking. But it's just gorgeous. Every single person in this, uh, you're absolutely sold their emotion because of the eyes, the facial work, the subtle wrinkles in the forehead. He has got it down. He is a masterclass artist. So check out Danny Luckert. It's... It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Thank you, Danny, for your gorgeous art. And also, the artist cover winner of the week is Oliver, Olivier, maybe? Coipel, C-O-I-P-E-L. He's at Olivier Coipel on Twitter. It's O-L-I-V-I-E-R, C-O-I-P-E-L on Twitter. You can find it there for his 
gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous cover that uh, I immediately purchased when I when I saw it on Darth Vader issue number three. Uh, it's just this new Jedi that's been uh, safely tucked away in some strange galaxy in some remote planet. That has this like giant X scar on his chest, and he is about to slice down upon Darth Vader, who is like seems like he's at a witch he's like has a cauldron or a witch's brew in front of him with this red explosion of sort of the force, and he's about to turn and engage to this new Jedi who has this crazy name that I can't pronounce. But it's just this green, this mixture of like 50-50 green and red, where the green lightsaber is glowing this Jedi with the man buns and this crazy scar on his chest that's about to slice it on Darth Vader, to the other half being black and red. And it's beautiful. I put it on my wallpapers on stuff, and I've even kind of scanned it on my computer to blow up, uh, to maybe even put in a frame. It is gorgeous, but Olivier or Oliver Coypel, definitely artist cover winner. I wish he'd done the entire issue, but he didn't, but I'm going to be following Mr. Olivier Coypel or Oliver Coypel to see what else is coming, but check him out. It is a beautiful, beautiful cover to Darth Vader issue number three. Definitely, easily, simply the artist cover winner of the week. So beautiful stuff. Put your eyeballs on it. They'll be happy. Trust me. And the breakdown, just to uh, give you a little snapshot of how it's looking this week, I actually read 16 comics this week, and 7 of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list, so you know, getting close to that 50%, I like to have it at 50% or more of them be great picks. But uh, you can see the entire list, of course, of what didn't make the list on sunspotscomics.com. Also, new number ones, I always like to announce those so you can kind of get the jump on and jump right into the new number one so you can be right there from the beginning. There were only two, and actually only one of the new number ones made it to the Great Ones list. It's Centipede, which we'll talk about very soon. So, very good stuff that at least 50% of those of the new comic books made it to the Great List. So now let's get into it. Here we go. Let's talk about my top comic book recommendations. This is the Great Ones list, the greatest of the greats, which I consider to be the ones you should definitely go buy. For new comic book day, July 12th. So check it out. Go find these at a local comic book shop. But these are what I consider the greatest of the greats. These are my recommendations. So on to the list here. And it's seven this week. So coming in at number seven is the only new number one of the week, which is Centipede. Issue number one. This is from sort of Atari slash Dynamite Comics. And this is written by Max Bemis. And this is art by Eon. E-O-I-N, however you pronounce that. Ion? Eoin? I don't know. Marin is his last name. But the art was very uh, gritty of a, of a style, very realistic. And some great sort of epic distance shots to really give you a layout of the land here. But this is hitting that nostalgic uh, area for a great video game that I loved in the 80s, Centipede. This even reminds me of that Pixels movie I saw from Adam Sandler. Uh, it was It was cool. That they were shooting these light beam guns at centipedes. It was just kind of a cool sequence. The movie was okay, by the way. But Max Bemis has completely a handle on what he wants to do here with Centipede. And that you... It kind of surprised me because I kind of thought it was going to be something a little funner, a little lighthearted, a little cheesier maybe. And this is actually kind of a gritty tale of this man in this other very Earth-like planet. But somewhere far off in the galaxy, tucked away into this strange little planet... He believes that he's the last person on this planet, and he's in a prison, living there, but has decided to just walk out of the prison. So, he very well may be the last person on Earth, but he's decided to talk to this broken radio. And you know it's not, he's not of Earth, because even this radio looks strange, and his glasses are a little bit of some strange kind of tech that gives you that just a little feel. Even as he looks out the window of the prison, there's like three moons, so... It's very Earth-like, but he've also, he's also explained that they pick up radio waves or information from other planets and galaxies and basically kind of steal their ideas and things that they've done. So it's very much, you know, our Earth is infused into it, but it's some other odd planet, even by some of the verbiage he uses. So Max just did some very light things here to really capture a unique style of storytelling to just not so lay it out clearly that some other planet, but to give you these soft, subtle hints that you lead you to believe that you're on this other world. But there's one of those epic layout scenes, very kind of from the satellite view, if you will, of this landscape, this post-apocalyptic destruction. But it's like it's like mapped out into the shape of almost like a transformer and says, 
game over on it. Like buildings and structures and maybe even like a um, like a football stadium is all shaped into letters that state game over. So I thought, cool, very interesting piece of unique art there. But this is the story of this man deciding to step out of this prison and he takes some interesting tech with him because he's explaining that there is this giant centipede that has wiped out the planet. So cool little adventure. He's all by himself. The guy is definitely um, losing his grip on reality and that's part of it here. But when he runs into stuff out there in the world, it gets very action-packed, very quick, very little dialogue. It moves very fast. I read it in about five minutes. It's good stuff. I was supremely surprised by Centipede, issue number one. So if you love 80s stuff, you'll love this. But even if you don't, like I said, it has this strange little sci-fi action-adventure fun in it with this weird centipede alien. So grab it. Get it. It's only on issue number one. I think it's going to be a mini-series, possibly. But I'm not really sure. Maybe it's like one of four. But we'll see. I'm in. Doesn't matter. We'll see where it goes. But coming in at number six is Rose. Issue number four. This is from Image Comics. This is written by Meredith Finch. And beautiful, 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 beautiful art <laughs> by Ig Guara. And this is a weird story of a woman that is living in this planet where magic is extremely uh, frowned upon. And people try to hide it, but eventually if you have magic in you, your hair turns white and you start doing weird magic things. Well, there's the story of Rose that's trying to sort of have some revenge upon the this group of... Of villains that that kill magicians that are trying to end all magic on their planet and everywhere led by this Queen Drusilla which is beautifully drawn uh, and it's a great little twisted little sword and sandals Lord of the Rings type of story it has this very much like the end of the elven world and the beginning of the human world feel to it because of Rose's dilemma of trying to stay alive when everyone tries to, just wants to kill magicians and also avenging the death of like her mother and, and her family and her village and she's kind of joined with this ragtag group of people that are sort of helping her uh, by this one primary female woman this witch that uh, definitely has uh, she's she's sharp-tongued and quick-witted interestingly drawn character as well but this is kind of action this is kind of centered around her coming into her own power, she's gotten this sort of badass outfit, she now has some weapons, so she's definitely like, she's come out now as like, hey, I have powers, this is who I am, and it's getting close to pairing her with these cats, K-H-A-T-Z is the way they spell them, that each magici magician in this realm is paired with this sort of giant feline beast that they ride and that they partner with and that their their energies and powers sort of complement each other to fight the evils that are evil in this in this world and they're getting very close because cat's sort of side story is sort of converging and coming into roses so this is action-packed this is definitely some things happen here that push this story along it's not just action for action but they're getting close to the rose and thorn you know, reuniting or uniting because they've never met each other. They don't know each other. So how is that? How is that going to be when they meet? That's an interesting factor of this story. But grab Rose. It's beautifully drawn. It's an interesting story. It's only on issue number four, folks. So go grab it from Image Comics. That's our number six is Rose, number four. And coming in at number five is from IDW. This is Brutal Nature, Concrete Fury, issue number five of five. So it's the end of an arc. I know it's coming back. This definitely is a soft ending is all I'll tell you. But this is beautifully, beautifully drawn by past art winner, pick of the week, Ariel Olivetti. You can follow him. Just search his name on Instagram and everything. Ariel Olivetti. His art is gorgeous. He used to do the Venom Space Knight series, and it's fantastic. And it's also written by Luciano Saracino. So this is a gorgeous-looking, very polished comic book. He does muscular musculature in the business better than anyone and great facial features here but something horrible has happened to our itch character who puts on these masks and then takes on this strange uh, alien and monster personas by instantly turning into them and, and morphing his body by putting these masks on it can only be the itch that can put these masks on but there is this man this like dr frankenstein if you will that is hot on his trail to find out how the power of the itch works and something horrible happened to our main character in the last issue this is sort of the follow-up to that and it's uh something that happens to a loved one of his and he has this parkour group of friends which is great 
But this is also kind of going into, they've sort of captured him, and this goes sort of in the into the deep recesses of his mind as to what he's thinking about. A little bit of a dream sequence slash flashback sequence about uh, how this has impacted him, this thing that happened in the previous issue, which I don't want to spoil for you. But this Dr. Frankenstein has is, is, is got, is got him, and he's got these strange sidekicks, and even this sort of Dr. Igor-like sidekick with this giant sort of brainiac-like brain. I love it. And uh, very much uh, the white lab coat. But they've got him hooked up to all these scientific machines. They've captured all of his masks. What's going to happen? And uh, it's definitely comes to sort of an ending, if you will. But some things are explained also in here about the power of the itch. And the previous series of, of Brutal Nature was a completely different character, like a Mayan... Uh, man and back in the you know millions of years ago or tons of years ago however long it was and so this is in modern day so definitely an interesting series I would read it all it it definitely ties in to the previous series of Brutal Nature we should definitely go look at and check out uh, again Ariel Olivetti's art on like Venom Space Knight like I said and on social media but Great story. What's going to happen here? Does it hard end? No, uh, it's a soft end, but definitely an end of an arc. So get the previous five issues. Um, it's definitely got some adult-like violence and a little bit of nudity, not too much. Um, but it's um, just gorgeously drawn. And, I'm, and you know, it's issue number five, but you're really starting to get in and invest yourself into these characters. And there's a reoccurring, um, this old couple that you see sprinkled in to issues one through four. And they're back and they twist as far as... You thought there were just these this cute old couple walking through the street. Well, they're actually kind of important. So you'll see what that's all about. So check out Brutal Nature, Concrete Fury, and issue, issue number five. It's it's wonderful stuff. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And coming in at number four is from Marvel Comics, The Defenders, issue number three. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis and art by David Marquez. And this has been wonderful. We've been, uh, Jables and I have been talking about this. That is really just pumping us up to see the Defenders on Netflix. So uh, you need to just get this. It pairs so perfectly. But you have the whole team, the ensemble together from Iron Fist and Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. And you've even had some cameo appearances by Blade, the Vampire Hunter, the Daywalker, and the Punisher. So the last issue, the Punisher just uh, went ballistic, literally, on them. And uh, I've come to find out it's, it was non-lethal uh, rounds, thankfully. So the team's still alive. <laughs> They're going to kill them all. And Diamondback is the primary villain here who has, who's, upped up his, who's, who's brought up his game. He's like leveled up a few now here who can really go toe-to-toe fisticuffs with all of them and be just completely fine. You would think that the four of them would have no problem getting rid of Diamondback when usually that's just a Luke Cage villain that he deals with on his own. But he's leveled up, and we don't they don't explain why, but Diamondback is definitely like uh, one to reckon with here when he can take on the entire team of Defenders. But this, this has a great sequence of Diamondback and the Black Cat together, and it's just great. Their dialogue back and forth, it's quippy, it's smart-alecky, and there is just... This area of gray that the black cat lives in where she's kind of a villain and she, I think she's on Diamondback's payroll, but she's also sort of has a, a morality code that she doesn't cross, that she definitely has her her rules of trying to stay sort of ambiguously moral and it's kind of interesting where they've drawn, where they've, well, they've drawn and where they've written Black Cat right now. I'm really kind of digging it. She's just sort of this, you know assassin for hire ish but has rules there and and can't be really ultimately super bad but she's dealing with diamondback and yet trying not to in a way and it's just a great little conversation and action-packed sequence between them that goes down between diamondback and the black cat definitely worthy of looking at and put your eyes on beautiful art by the way the panel placements the unique panel design the the attention to light in this i would say they definitely are mostly in the dark but there's some great attention to detail with the light uh, reference you have to see it it's just it's beautiful from when someone's in the shadows to when someone's under uh, lights inside of a ho- inside of a hospital it's just so super well done but there's also kind of a luke cage origin telling here that's told by just random people on the street from like a nurse to this guy that works in like a deli to uh, this woman that's uh, sitting behind this this desk and it's pieced together in a way that kind of tells you luke's cage background 
which we kind of already know, but it's kind of interesting and done well to where you're seeing uh, Mr. Marquez do all kinds of facial features and all kinds of emotions, and it's done in such a quick and interesting way that you're like, wow, that was that was very cool. That added like another layer of Luke Cage that maybe we sort of forgot about, which, you know, if you don't read a ton of Luke Cage, it's great to kind of have that little, hey, this is a little background on him. So I like that, that it's that Mr. Brian Michael Bendis is is actually taking his time and spending an appropriate amount of time on each character to kind of develop them and it's almost like if you had never read anything from each character or the a Defenders comic you could pick this up and jump right in and not be lost I like that so for for you dabblers out there grab the Defenders it's very very worthy of your time but uh, it's great there's another action sequence here with the Punisher and how they interact with him is super excellent and a ton of fun and uh, the way they have sort of paint Frank Castle here as a bit of a nut job is just great and it, there's some great humor twisted in here so definitely uh, you'll have a laugh you'll look at some great art and you'll see some beautiful action that is Defenders so go get Defenders immediately it's only on issue number three you can get them now so go do it trust me but here we know go now breaking into the top three comic books this week so these are the big three coming up right at you so coming in at number three from Marvel Comics this is our cover artist winner of the week, Olivier Oliver Coipel. This is Darth Vader issue number three. And this is written by Charles Soule. Yes, the attorney himself slash comic book writer that does Daredevil. And pencils by Giuseppe Camincoli, who's done Amer Amazing Spider-Man for years, and I love his work. And gotta give props to Cam Smith on inks. Definitely my color winner of the week. Cam Smith has Giuseppe Camincoli's art down and really is a... It's a testament to how beautiful his art really pops due to Cam Smith's inks. It's just, the finishings are gorgeous. And even on colors, David Curell on colors. Beautiful stuff. And again, check out the cover. It's definitely the cover art winner of the week. Darth Vader number three. But this is about this hidden Jedi on this, again, tucked away in this weird planet far in the galaxy a long time ago. In a galaxy far away in this weird tucked away little planet. He lives there with this uh, sort of... Uh, training jedi training robot which is great but his name is nuts what is his name i'll find it here in a second but he's an older man he's got a couple of man buns and gray hair and this crazy x scar on his chest and he's just shirtless he has a green lightsaber unique shape of a green lightsaber which is fun great attention to detail there how the hilt itself has a sort of silver top and black bottom it's like it's almost like he's a Embracing a little light and dark, which you'll definitely kind of see there in his character, but he feels a disturbance in the force that Darth Vader is coming, and Darth Vader is actually on the hunt to kill this Jedi to convert his kyber crystal and his lightsaber to the dark side, to red, to crimson saber. But this is great, because this guy has uh, booby traps on his planet, he has this robot that helps assist him in all kinds of ways, Darth Vader, it's year one here. I mean, he just lost Padme, and who he believes he killed her. He just put the Darth Vader suit on. He has no lightsaber, so he's definitely powered down. But this this Jedi that's on this planet is not powered down, and it's a great action sequence, ton of fun. I just love the visual of this character, and even to like I said, the attention of detail to his lightsaber hilt is gorgeous. And he's just uh, declared war on Darth Vader and knows quickly that he needs to put him down. He just, he's very in tune with the Force. So it's like you really see, I mean, maybe instead of him being a little bit older, you really see a Jedi in his prime. But he also sort of defected from the Jedi and kind of talks a little bit about that. So definitely an interesting character. His name is Master Infilla. And then the last name, I'm not even going to try, but it's, it's a mess. And you wonder, with a name like that, uh, is he going to stick around? Well, he's fighting Darth Vader here. But Darth Vader's powers are definitely, uh, they're, they're developing here. He's sort of finding himself. And there's creatures and booby traps and things that he has to sort of, um, in a very much like Enter the Dragon, uh, Game of Death, if you will, actually. Uh, Bruce Lee, to reference a Bruce Lee movie, where he has like layers or, um, you know, different... Uh, sections of the planet he has to go to 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 meet the top to get to the top level where he will fight this jedi that is prepared and meditating and waiting for him i love when he even is meditating with his uh crisscross applesauce legs 
and he's floating up off the ground. It's just a great visual. Giuseppe Camincoli just nailed this. I want him to stay on Star Wars. He does his own sort of unique take. It's it's none of that photo reference stuff that's done in Star Wars, which which can be fine. It can be a little jarring at times. It's it's very much photo reference done with coloring onto the page, but this is just his own. Giuseppe Camincoli's art is gorgeous, so I'm loving this new Darth Vader arc. I love where they're at, where he's just trying to get a lightsaber and fight this other Jedi. So, very cool off-the-side prequel story, etc. Go get Darth Vader. It's good stuff. If you love Star Wars, you're going to love this. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. But coming in number two from Marvel Comics is Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 30. This is written by Dan Slott. This is art by Stuart Eminen. Gorgeous, gorgeous art. Definitely my number two art winner of the week. And the cover, of course, by Mr. Alex Ross. The Alex Ross. The covers are just gorgeous on all of these. And this shows Dr. Octopus with that weird green Hydra octopus on his chest, which I love the new Dr. Octopus. I love that he's in a new body. He's got a, a new feel. He's ultimately trying to get at Peter Parker for ruining Parker Industries. Instead of making it this uh, global billion-dollar conglomerate that it could be, uh, that uh, Dr. Octopus believes it could be. Peter Parker's turned it into this humanitarian effort company that uses tech to better the world. And I love that. I love that Spider-Man is in his mid-30s and he's just trying to make the world better. And uh, he's ultimately, uh, yes, it's a little Iron Man-y, I guess, because he's a billionaire now, etc. But he has a different approach to how he's doing things. And it's he's having a very, very difficult time running this this company. But Dr. Octopus here is hell-bent on taking over Parker Industries to the point where he's even in advance prepared the logo on all the buildings to actually change from PI to OO and to Otto Octavius. So I love that little touch, that little attention to detail. There is a little big bit of mixture in here of like uh, whatever they're doing in the Marvel world as far as the the situation that's going on with Captain America and that he's a Hydra agent it's it's a little bit infused into this but not very much so you know you won't be completely lost by that but it does touch upon it and showing Spider-Man in that leadership role that I love he's not a teenager he's not uh, the whipping boy he's not um, throwing young jokes at constantly <laughs> you know talking about but he's a grown man here leading a group of people like the Hulk and so on Quicksilver's in there, but he's the leader. He's stepping forward. He's the he's the he's the folk. He's the mature gentleman that is leading this group of other people. And Captain America is there with with Thor's hammer. So he's like, we're out. <laughs> when Captain America has Thor's hammer and he's a Hydra agent, uh, we're not gonna do stuff. We need to our tails between our legs and run. And they follow him. And it's just uh, he knows when to fight and when not to fight. He picks his battles. So Spider Man exits the situation there and i like that because it's quickly on to the auto octavius thread here of how he's put some things in place with hydra and i like what's going on here he's he's sort of hydra seems to be maybe not not completely informed on what auto octavius is doing with the hydra group but he's got Otto Octavius has new tech with the octopus suit, and it just has this cool look and vibe with these green goggles. Love the suit. Absolutely want an action figure, a statue, or something of Otto Octavius in this new suit. It's like half black, and it's just white on the top. But he is going to storm the compound that is Parker Industries here and take over. He's hacking in. He's doing a bunch of things, and Peter is scrambling to shut these facilities down so that he doesn't completely take over all of Parker Industries across the globe. So what's he going to do? Is there going to be a showdown? Will the two of them be fighting? I'm not going to ruin it. You're going to have to check it out. But Amazing Spider-Man number 30 has been fantastic. The series has been great. Go back like 10 issues. All the Alex Ross covers. It's definitely a full, you want them and floppy and to collect them. Not just read them digitally, so go and get them. Amazing Spider-Man. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. But here we go now, breaking into the number one, the one that beat them all. The issue number one of the week here, which is Regression. That's right, issue number three. This is from Image Comics. This is written by Colin Bunn. Colin Bunn, who's doing X-Men Blue. He's doing, uh, he's doing Harrow County, just to name a few. And this, and I'm sure a few others that I'm totally missing, but uh, also the... 
The Unsound. That's another one that Cullen Bunn is doing. But he's doing a ton of things. Very horror-like feel to his writing. Very realistic and gritty. I'm really loving him. Like, last year, I think it was a lot of Mark Wade. This year, it seems like Cullen Bunn, especially with Harrow County. And this is, again, beautiful art by the artist winner of the week, Danny Luckert. Please check him out at dannyluckert.com. And beautiful coloring by Marie Anger. And this is the flashback story of this character that's been sort of chasing our main character in this and who you may actually be one and the same person. So I love that duality. You're not sure if this strange man in the sort of revolutionary times here is our main character now or if there he was in a past life, if maybe there's reincarnation, something of that nature. But there's this gruesome group here in which we see this woman in this flashback scene that uh, it's frightening. And I love the way he's infused insects and locusts and bugs and cockroaches and centipedes and all kinds of weird things that just sort of crawl around this. It just makes your skin crawl. And uh, I like that when it, whenever a comic book evokes emotion. And even though this one is the willy-nillies, uh, I still love it. But as I said, the framework that's done in these flashbacks is top-notch. It's something like you've never seen. Like I said, is that the the, uh, the sort of strange sort of sculptures that are built around framing the panels that it, that makes up a flashback. It's great. But Mr. Padilla, that's that's our main character. He's uh, tried regression therapy with this hypnotist in issue one and two, and that hypnotist slash stand-up comedian is no longer with us. So his he's definitely awakening into this other person or this reincarnated spirit that's within him is taking over, but he's being questioned by the police here at first, and it's a very intense, awkward conversation. Mr. Padilla is not doing a very good job of selling it to this detective that he's completely innocent <laughs> of the the investigation into the murder of this uh, regression hypnotherapist slash stand-up comedian that is now very dead. <laughs> but uh, I love that awkward conversation. Great dialogue written. Very gritty. Very intense moment. The eyes of Mr. Padilla sell it. He's very awkward, very strange. There's a point where he answers a, a question that the detective answers him and looks sort of down and to the left. And the detective says there, I could actually see the moment you decided to lie to me. And it's so very true, the way that you look away, or a lot of people do, and uh, look away and look down or look to the left. And the eyes are so drawn so beautifully here that it completely sells that action and that moment. But... This is a gruesome horror tale of this man that is lose, very much losing his grip on reality and what's coming into his reality is a lot of gross bugs. <laughs> and this strange woman that is, seems to be sort of a witch that's, that's just sort of tickling his, his, uh, his consciousness um, and really making him doubt if he's awake or in a dream, he's not even sure. But Mr. Padilla has got some major issues here and... He's been relatively honest and open, even asking his friend for help, which there's still some more of that here. He's like, I need help. He's not just being a jerk about it. He's he's trying to really fight this, and you feel for him. You're invested into this character, Mr. Padilla. And uh, it's just, what, when they show things happen to him, you can see that he's in pain. You can see that he's just writhing in terror. And uh, it, it absolutely sells it just due to this beautiful man's art, Mr. Danny Luckert. So... Home run again, Danny. Thank you. That's all I want to tell you because there's definitely some some interesting sort of cliffhangery things that happen at the very end, which you got to tune in and see. But um, it's involving Mr. Padilla's friend that he keeps asking for help from. Now she's sort of involved in a way where now she she's really involved all the way, if you will. Uh, but she's the one that referred that that regression therapist to Mr. Padilla. But so here we go, guys. It's it's the nitty-gritty of this story, I think. This is the, the heart of it right now, starting, because some things are happening to him. But go get Regression. Yes, uh, watch it. Read it in the in very bright in a very bright-lit area, I would say. <laughs> Listen to some very happy music. <laughs> uh, or not, or just dig deep and, like I said, read it in the dark with a single light and put on some horror music or something. Yeah, this will really affect you, because it's just so beautifully done. And a lot of panels are very much in the light here when there's horrifying things going on. <laughs> but uh, Regression still evokes emotions, still has beautiful art, just gorgeous to look at. Easily my number one pick of the week. So there you have it. That is the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 115. So close the vault door. Yes. <laughs> 
So those are all the new comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, July 12th. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. Support your local comic book shops. It's worth it. So if you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal comic book recommendation, I can give you one. Just email me at chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and I discuss it on a future podcast, I'll send you a little something. So just write us. Also, uh, check out our newsletter at sunspotscom, sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And please tune in next week for issue number 116 of the podcast where I'm actually going to be reading 22 comics for July 19th, new comic book day, July 19th. So 22 plus two new number ones. And we'll probably have Jables back. He wasn't able to make it due to some some scheduling conflicts, but we'll probably have my co-host Jables back with us. But also just a quick, 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 quick peek into a little sneak peek, if you will, that's of the comics that are coming out that I'll be discussing on issue number 116. So this is just some stuff like Invincible, number, I'm going in no particular order, number 138's coming out, The Mighty Thor, number 21, Pestilence, great zombie story set in the 1300s, Year of Our Lord, 1347, uh, The Spencer and Locke, wrap up the 404, I wonder if it's going to be just an arc ending or if Spencer and Locke 404 is it. Hard ending. We'll find out next week. I can't wait to read that. Like we said, that's going to be made into a action movie eventually. It's, it's been licensed to. Uh, Star Wars Poe Dameron. Star Wars Darth Maul. Super Sons. Just to name a few. Super Sons issue number six, which I've been really enjoying. With uh, Damien, uh, the Robin, current Robin Batman son. And Jonathan, the son of uh, Clark Kent. Together, kind of going into the Teen Titans. So I've been really enjoying that. But there's just a little sneak peek. Of all the fun stuff coming out for podcast number 116 that I'll be discussing next week, next week, it definitely will be in another amazing week of comic books. So please subscribe, listen in, and please just tell a nerd friend that you love to check out Sunspots Comics and check us out. So thank you again for listening. Also, if you just want to do a little something to help us here, please subscribe. Go to iTunes and write us a positive review with five stars. I'll personally read your review and thank you right here in a future podcast. I have a couple to read. I should jump into very soon. And also, I'll leave you with the positive, kind words from the late, great Mr. Adam West, which he said, I've always tried to fit what I do professionally into my family rather than the other way around. A beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Love it. And also, of course, from Uncle Ben, from Peter Parker's Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. And all of us have that power within us. So thank you, my friends. Thank you for listening. Be like water, and we'll talk to you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Friends will be friends. They say that friends are friends to the bitter end. Comics Down.